this is true buzz That Mary J, now we ain't new to this From my stoners and from my cannabis enthusiasts Never heard a show as good as this uh, Number one, it's the best Bringing in many special guests In the industry of cannabis Business owners to growers Even artists you know of So sit back and just roll up Perfect show for my smokers True buzz, ayy and a huge shout out to Freeze Pipe, my favorite bong hit of all time. The coldest hits and the smoothest rips is what they're known for. And I truly love my bong duel. I got to get some other ones as well. And really, you know, from their silicon coils to cooling it down to the percolators to everything they're doing, I really love Freeze Pipe. And if you want to grab anything off their site, be sure to use code TRUEBUDSTV to grab 10% off. And you know you're helping me out. Put some more money into this channel. Make some more shit. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the True Bud Show podcast. It's your buddy, Jack, and we have Abe Miller from Uncle Arnie's on the podcast today. I'm super pumped about this because I've seen Uncle Arnie's blowing up in California. You're in some other states as well. I recently actually tried the apple juice, man. Enjoyed it. First apple juice infusion I've had. So love your guys' brand. Um, was reading a little more about you guys. I think I'm the Uncle Arnie in my family. <laughs> nice nice i've always been trying to be the best uncle you know having fun and just trying to bring those good vibes like your artwork and your background super dope so thanks. yeah bro thanks for coming on man absolutely dude excited to be here so i know you had we're kind of planning this you've been in the industry for a while um you started uncle arnie's the concept um was it 2020 yeah Okay. And then um, you started, when was the first product that hit the market? Like when did it, when did it hit the shelves officially? Um, Uncle Arnie's hit the shelves uh, May 4th, 2020 uh, was when we first launched the brand. Uh, I met my, my other co-founder, Matt McGinn uh, back in, back in uh, December, the year prior to that. So 2019 and uh, him and I, and the space station crew at the time, you know, started fly beverage and we were selling a couple of different beverage brands. Um, and we had a couple other brands that we already had conceptualized and, um, through that five months, I guess, of trial and error, there was already, there was already a product that was already formulated. Um, and the brand idea was kind of there, but it was more just a standalone product versus like a multiple product line. Um, so the first product that we launched was the, uh, iced tea lemonade. And that was like kind of the theory of uncle Arnie was like around the classic Arnold Palmer. And it's really, and we really, we had a couple other brands that we were going to launch along with that. And when we took that approach and launched the most affordable beverage in the space at the time, uh, you know, the customers just fucking flipped out and it was received really well by the market and uh you know the last like three years have been kind of just like putting together the theory of what uncle arnie's is and we had some new managing partners um hop on board and they're now uh operating with us and that's uh you know theo alberto asaf and jimmy um the ceo president uh, my chief expansion officer and chief revenue officer, they're our, our new management group operating partners, partners, and they've really helped kind of take the theory of what Uncle Arnie's was and kind of rebrand it to it what it is today, which is, you know, the theory of Uncle Arnie and him being 
the guy that represents the legacy consumer that lives in the space today that people kind of forget about, but he's always like kind of always been back there and in, in the shadow. And he's really trying to bring the voice of what is needed for cannabis beverage in today's world, you know, affordable, low cost products that are quality, um, making them accessible and unique and memorable and trying to bring the feel good fun, uh, uncle back to the family party and, you know, like you just said, you know, we like to, I like to think I'm, I'm definitely for sure the uncle and, uh, in in my family. Absolutely. I'm probably the only one, actually, I'm not the only one. My older brother smokes pot, but we're the only two in the entire family that smokes weed, but we're always the ones that are pulling up to the family functions, bringing fun, good vibes. So, you know, that's kind of who we've created him to be, but we started with the IC lemonade and now we have eight products. So let I let me grab my um my charger really quick because my computer's about to die. I didn't that little, so. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And that, that backstory and Arnie, you know, he's a hard guy not to like. And um speaking of that, the apple juice is the first one I've tried. I've seen your guys' shots popping up all over. Um, I saw I don't know how many. There's at least one that has like um caffeine in it, correct? Like 150 milligrams or hundred milligrams of caffeine in addition to the hundred milligrams of THC, or am I crazy on that? Yeah, yeah. So we have eight products now. We launched with the IC Lemonade first, which we launched at May 4th, 2020. And then uh, November 2019, we launched our Sweet Peach Iced Tea. That was the second flavor. And then February of this year was when we launched the Apple Juice. Then 420, we launched our Pineapple Punch. And then uh, June, we launched two of our shop flavors, the uh, strawberry kiwi and the blueberry nightcap. So the blueberry nightcap is our like CBN sleep shot. It's a hundred milligram THC, five milligram CBN. And then in September, we launched the two additional flavors, which were the magic mango and also the, uh, sunrise orange, which is the functional caffeine shot with 150 megs of green tea extract and hundred megs of THC. And all the products contain 100 milligrams of THC too, as well, even the the two non-functional shots. So, awesome! Yeah, I like how you guys did um, those little four packs, or maybe yeah. it's a six pack. But those look cool. Little carrying cases are super dope. Yeah, yeah. We that was actually a a problem that we were trying to solve when we first launched Uncle Arnie's, and uh, we had stores um, just out of you know the necessity of not trying to rip bags. They were limiting, you know, the customer purchases to two bottles per customer per purchase. Um, so we quickly had to scramble to kind of make a, a massive four pack to allow and give that to the customer to allow them to actually purchase multiple at, at each time. And now it's kind of turned into the idea of it's just a silent selling tool. And it's also a marketing tool for, for us. And um, when we launched the shots, like our whole thought process around it was just like emulate everything that um, emulate everything that we were trying to do with the, the eight ounces with the with the uh, two ounces and doing a lot of research on other brands and what they've done in the past to kind of launch additional products that are the same. And uh, just looking at some of the bigger guys like Coke and stuff like that, you know, they all of those VPs and C-suite executives have talked about, um, you know, the theory and the thought of nostalgia and kind of bring in almost like kind of like a gift vibe to it and like this like cute novelty play. So we wanted to, we did the whole theory around like 
honey, I shrunk the drinks and launched that whole campaign with it. And then the eight ounces are the same bottle. The two ounces are the same bottle as the eight ounces, just miniature form. The 24 pack carrying case that the retailers get from the wholesale side of things is the same 24 pack that you receive with the big eight ounces. And then the four packs, it's the same play with that is to just make, make it tiny, small and cute. So that's awesome. It's nice having two different versions of like different serving sizes like that for sure. Yeah. You know, consumers at the end of the day with edibles and more so in other States than California, they want, they just want to be able to get fucked up as fast as possible with the least amount to adjust, you know, like Michigan is like home of the $5 hundred milligram gummy right now and like they're all like single pack big puck gummies and before the regulations last year in Oregon the only gummies that you could find are single 50 milligram smacker gummies like buddies had them drops uh, a bunch of other brands had had those products and even going into them lifting the hundred milligram THC into um into the single serving size. Now you're starting to see single single puck gummies launch there. And that's really like the idea with the shots too, as well as with the theory of what we were trying to bring to the market with the drinks, which was, you know, an ingestible amount of liquid, a glass product. So the THC is contained the entire time and putting a hundred milligram THC at an affordable cost. Like people just want to crack and smack it. And those real legacy consumers that are like, actually enjoying a hundred milligrams like they need more than just one so you have to give them serving sizes that they're able to consume multiple of right like even if it's kind of the same theory around what can has with the two and four and the multiple use serving but i guess just in a higher dose for those real legacy players that are uh that are that are out there you know that and we looked at the shop market and it made up, I think like 43% of all the total hundred milligram sales. And we looked at some deeper data and it was over 50% of those consumers are actually female. So we were really trying to address the female market and um, capture that white space that we had not really captured yet. Uh, so. And that's awesome, bro. That like the research you'd done, I was reading an article before this popped on about how you went and um, being in the industry for a while, you know, you sat down and took the time to talk to buyers and managers and whatnot. Just that on the ground, boots on the ground stuff, I think is so crucial, especially for beverage brands. And um, it's so interesting to see. And that's where I'm just like, so California based, like I'm keeping my ear to the ground for Nevada and stuff like that. Um, have you heard anything about Nevada? Are you guys in Nevada currently? Um, You know, you'll see some news about it soon. Okay, that reminds me too. You're, you're the um, that that's awesome, dude. I want to talk for a second about you guys kind of doing your the investing because when I went on your site, you can click a button and invest in Uncle Arnie's and be like, I think the minimum's like a thousand bucks or something like that. Yeah. Um, I've never seen another cannabis brand do that. Um, I don't know if they have. Either way, I thought it was super cool idea um to go that route, bringing yeah. bringing you know the the grassroots into it. Yeah, you know the last year has been uh, pretty rough for the cannabis space, just trying to raise money in general. And I think before the recession hit, um, when regulation started before the recession hit, a lot of people were betting on big VC money and stuff like that. And, you know, the last three years more so than anything, it's been tougher to raise money and, 
also when it comes to beverage, not a lot of people have bet really big on it yet besides can. So there's not a lot of uh, players in the space that have really been able to, you know, make a huge like wave when it comes to investments growing massive besides really them, you know, Keith is doing a great job, but their model is completely different than, um, you know, like a traditional, traditional business model with having like actual, you know, sales reps on the ground floor and things like that. Um, so we wanted to take that route because it's, it's easier for us, uh, to try to raise money. We've already raised $4 million to date through friends and family and a couple other crowdfunding campaigns in other countries. And we really, it been, it was something that I brought up earlier this year with my partners as we were trying to continue to raise money and trying to align just more with what our brand values are. And when we finally had the opportunity, we went through multiple different crowd investing companies and Seed Invest finally kind of pulled the trigger with us and allowed us to be able to get on that platform. And uh, it really just aligned with the model that we're trying to bring to the space, which is, you know, everybody should be able to own a piece of whatever uh, company is fun and, and it's true with them. And we really wanted to bring it back into the hands of the people. That's kind of how we're perceiving it right now. And we feel like it's aligned with the brand. We want to give our real customers, core loyal fans, our, our cult-like following the opportunity to actually own a couple shares of Arnie's before we really try to take this into the next big round. And, um, you know, it's definitely been, it's been interesting ride so far. We still have like 35 days or something like that. We have basically until the beginning of February. So you're going to see a lot more um, noise coming from us in the next couple of weeks. Cause we haven't even really turned on any of the PR or the marketing and trying to make more of that exposure. But you know, this, this is a brand for the people and that's really how we, that's how we see it. And we think that our true value core members that love uncle Arnie's or they want this opportunity and we want to be able to give them this opportunity if it's there. And uh, you know, we'll address the VCs and the, the bigger money players later in uh, down the road, you know, cause when you take that approach, you start to lose a lot more control. Um, usually they want board seats and things like that. And then you also uh it starts to take a different direction as a company and you also lose less value from your side too as well and for other investors. So this is a great way for us to be able to continue to build value for our customers, our investors, ourselves, and the employees that have stock options and stuff like that in our company. So very cool. And it just keeps building on itself, right? If if I was an owner of if I bought, you know, a couple shares of Arnie's, I'd be like, dude, I'm going to the store to, you know, support my shares, keep buying it up, man. That, that's awesome, bro. That, that's super cool. Um, and I feel like it's especially just like right the, on brand. Yeah. And especially in like the day, I feel like the age right now, like with people our age, like everybody's kind of the last five years for me, I think a lot of people have been learning more about investing and passive income plays and um, trying to just like build wealth for themselves. It's, you know, it's a huge narrative and has been for the last three years for millennials and Gen Z and everybody in like our our age demographic. So, you know, I think a lot of people will find value in it. We've already raised like $213,000. I haven't looked yet this morning. That was just the last time to date so far. And it's only been two weeks. So we're pretty excited and super thankful for the support already that we've gotten. Badass. Yeah. I'll, uh, 
I'm if I can scrape something together, I might have to throw down myself. Man. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> but, to have you on board, man. Hey, thanks, man. And I'm super excited too to try one of those little caffeine shots because in general, I'm a huge fan. I use cannabis in my like pre-workouts or before hikes, like and caffeine in conjunction with each other. So I'm excited to try that. Um I'll probably throw the whole thing back the first time and make it a little challenge for myself. See how it hits. I'm a pretty high dose guy myself. Like I drank this whole bottle. I I, I like to do like half and half or kind of session it, put it on ice. Um, I was considering warming it up actually. And that was a question I had for you. I was gonna do like a warm cider, throw maybe like a little like coriander or something in there. Would, would it burn off any of the THC you think, or any of the potency if it's the, the, the microwaves, would it do that you think? Uh, I don't think so. We haven't had any issues for people that have made their own uh, mocktail mixes already so far. So, you know, there are people that have done hot toddies and things like that. So word, word. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the fun concoctions when I can. Or, or, and I also just like throwing it back for a quick hit, you know, but yeah, and with uh, with the two ounce shot with the energy too. I mean, it's not so much caffeine to where you can't bear to enjoy it not a lot of people are even aware of the caffeine milligrams that they're drinking when it comes to coffee. So this is one cup of espresso averages anywhere from like 60 to 65 megs of caffeine. So this is a little bit more than basically your regular latte and it's 50 milligrams less than a five hour energy shot. So it's something that's ingestible for sure. And the balance, I mean, the, some of the responses that we've been getting already so far and the DMS that we get on Instagram, like the responses, like, the mixture apparently is a huge banger. So I'm sure you'll really enjoy it. Like the, the feeling of getting super fucked up on the hundred milligrams plus, you know, the heart pumping of the caffeine is a pretty interesting blend. Nice, bro. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to do a video about it and do a fun workout or something <laughs> at muscle beach, make a, make a day out of it. Little Arnie's on the beach, man. We'll, nice. we'll have some fun nice. and I'll probably g- grab them from um, atrium is one of my favorite dispensaries for the beverage game in LA because they've really embraced it. And I've seen a lot of you. I think they have probably all your SKUs there. Um, but they have like six refrigerators, you know. I just love seeing that. And that's when like back to your like four packs or the mixed pack. Like mm-hmm. I'm such a believer in the future. I'd love to see a time where you can go in like you can to these craft beer stores and pick five different beverage brands or four and put it in your pack, you know, like picks in four different beers. Um, I'm just a huge fan of building the whole category as a whole for everybody. And, you know, companies like you pushing forward are a huge part of that. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's all about just general beverage. You know, we're not we're not inventing anything new. You know what I mean? You see Mary Jones doing it and Hi-Fi Hops has their 10 packs and stuff like that, which those look like traditional seltzer boxes. So I think as more people become as it becomes more socialized, people will view it just like a regular drink. Right. But the big thing about it is price. You know, I think that's like the hugest barrier right now. That's it's a big one for me. Um, yeah, a price lot of is a huge barrier because, you know, a lot of the consumers right now need more than just five to 10 milligrams. And then on top of that, too, as well, there hasn't been like beverage hasn't made big enough noise inside the stores yet. Like the the buyers and the bud tenders haven't express like enough uh curiosity and excitement like people are continuing to express excitement around it but it's not like when somebody's coming in for an edible it's not the first thing that people go and grab because people still are you like uh attaching that word to just 
food products and not beverage products because the whole like beverage and edible category is actually one category. You know what I mean? Like it's all an ingestible. It's the ingestible category, same with tinctures and things like that. So I think like once more people understand that it's not about, it's not about beverage. It's not about a cookie. It's not about this thing. It's about how you prefer to consume, you know, for the edibles as a whole. And that includes beverage, right? Like there's 30 plus percent of the general market that is consuming gummies and cookies and all these other, you know, food-based products. And then there's the 2% or 5% that's still just drinking drinks when realistically it's the same, it's the same thing. Right. So I think once people understand that and like bud tenders and the general retail employees like make that shift to where they're like, well, do you want to eat something or do you want to drink something whenever like they hear the word edible? Uh, that's so well said because yeah, I see that firsthand for sure myself is, and, w- and when that does happen, it just, it's going to be awesome. And when, you know, when you talk to people too, a lot of people are a little off put sometimes about even trying a beverage, but ma- the majority of people I'd say who try beverages, bud tenders included, and just, you know, your general public enjoy it. They just don't know. They're a little, there's like that lower barrier to entry for people who it's easy to try, who maybe never smoked, but also sometimes for the, you know, the OGs, it's, it's a little harder sometimes to get them to sip a beverage. And that's uncle Arnie's. I feel like is the perfect fit for that, which you guys have obviously nailed. Um, it's such an interesting space like that, right? Like where, cause yeah. I'll be, I'll be doing PAD sometimes and I'll be like, Hey, do you guys ever do cannabis beverage? Like, no, I only smoke flour, bro. Like, you know, you get that or you get people, a lot of people are interested, but you get those responses where eyes glazed over instantly, like beverage. No. Yeah, it's it's, like the post I made yesterday on LinkedIn, where it's like the whole dissolute versus live resin debate, or even like flower versus indoor, like the people, I say this all the time in the stores, and especially when I'm talking to consumers that are like, yeah, I only do flower. I'm like, you don't like weed? Like, that's (laughs) that's what I hear when I hear people saying like, I only smoke flower, when really cannabis is like a sandwich, you have to think about it like that, right? Like for me, the way that I consume, and this is almost like one-to-one every night or every day, if I'm consuming during the day, like in the evening times before I go to the gym, I always pop one gummy. And then like near the end of the workout, or if I'm hitting the, by the time I'm at the end of the workout and I'm going to the sauna, like I'm starting to feel the THC a little bit. And then I ride, go get some food at the grocery store, go home and start to prep my meal. And when I'm going to prep my meal, instead of like wanting to go and grab like an IPA or something like that, I'll just grab a seltzer, mix up 20 milligrams in a drink, pour that up while I'm making my food and then eat my food. And by that time, I'm already starting to make food, make eat my food because it's like 20, 30 minutes after you're like, cooking a steak or you know what I mean like the prep and then the cook you're drinking the drink already so by the time that you're like going to eat the food that high that you're like looking for that people are always like I can't eat food unless I'm stoned or the people that just are ready to start consuming pot at that point of the day like by the time you're eating you're already there and then when you're done with the food and you're done eating like roll up a joint take a dab before you roll up the joint And then 
start your movie 20, 30 minutes into your movie, then you spark up your joint, right? If you can, that's how I consume because I, you know, my tolerance is, I've been smoking weed longer at this point in my life than I haven't been smoking weed. So it's like, I look at cannabis as like a sandwich cocktail mixer, right? Like it's, it's all about layering versus being like, I only smoke flour, dude. It's like, okay, you're telling me that you on an occasion once a month, don't eat a fucking gummy, like shut the fuck up. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, I, I love it, man. I love it. And I love the term layering because I, I do the same thing. And to that point, too, I find that like I smoke base every day, but like I find that there's there's nothing quite like drinks for the consistency and the onset component, even even to smoking. Like smoking obviously hits quicker and is consistent, but like there's something like you said, you know, you pour your 20 milligrams in a cell, so you know how that's going to hit for the most part every time. Yeah. And it's like, there, there's a huge benefit to that, that I think is truly uh, underestimated right now until people start getting in the beverage game some more. But it's it's interesting to see, man. I, I'm happy to be in, you know, I've been in the beverage game for coming on two years now. Um, right. So I'm just happy to be in the space at this time, man. And see like, cause you know, seeing how things are progressing, it's going to be crazy. Like I've seen Minnesota doing some cool things, selling beverages and other places and stuff too. And how would you feel about that of like uncle Arnie's being available at somewhere besides a dispensary? Cause I think Minnesota is trying to do that. I know Canada does some things like that. Like just in general, um, what's your thoughts on beverages and stores besides dispensary that are cannabis infused? You uh, think that's good? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same as, I hate to always say this, but, you know, I view being in the industry so long, like, I don't look at, um, I don't look at cannabis like the the traditional people in, in the space do when it comes to, like, those people only being able to sell to dispensaries, like, at some point, I truly think that it's going to be treated just the way that alcohol is because if you look at alcohol, it's still even from a state by state perspective, much different, like here in California versus Oregon In Oregon, the only thing that I believe that you can find in a grocery store is beer or wine. But when it comes to hard liquor, like here in California, you can't find that. You can't find that in Oregon, right? You have to go to a specific store like ABC BevMo or something like that to go purchase those kind of goods. So I think that for me, I, I see that model being the, the model that's probably going to happen for flour and for concentrates. Um, cause you'll never be able, like there will, if it happens, like, you know, I'm not going to put this on the record now because you just never know what the regulations will stand, but I don't ever see a day where the open beer aisle that's in a safe way is going to be the same with flour. Like I do see that with cannabis beverage and I hope that that does happen for cannabis beverage because brands right now are controlled by the retail space. And it's not until um, the access of more retail spaces opening up is where the brand power is going to start to happen. And you already do see that um, in other States right now, like, in Oregon, for example, in Portland, just in Portland alone, I mean, you can be on one block and within a half a mile radius on that one block that you're standing at, there's 15 dispensaries and it's tough to compete, right? But for the brands, it doesn't really matter that much because they hold the power to their consumers and wherever they're sold, that's where their consumers will go. So 
more accessibility and more retail space opening up outside of the dispensary space, I think is going to be great for is going to be great for beverage. And I'm I'm here for it. I love what Minnesota is doing. Um, the regulations just don't fall into play on where the Uncle Arnie model is at in its state right now. There might be a day where Arnie's will have a more low dose product to be able to make it more accessible to more consumers um but we're focusing on the states that matter most for that consumer right now and the moment that we have the opportunity or even make a product that is like that i mean you can already bet that we have relationships already set in stone there and we're ready to make that move whenever it seems right for the business super cool and like I know yours is definitely a high dose going to, you know, that high dose play. And um, even like some of our shots that are like 10 milligrams per shot, some people will get a little cautious of the lower dose consumers, but that's why I love telling them like you can literally take it sip by sip, or you could dump, you could go look on the side of the Arnie's and dump 10 milligrams or five in your seltzer, drink half, see how you feel. I know that's not your guys's play you're doing, but it's just fun to have that on hand. Like you're saying that the mixed drink component to beverages is super unique because no other edible really offers that. Like, yeah. Like I just got these, those pop rocks. I'm sure you've seen they've been around forever. Like I'm going to rim a glass with those pop rocks and do like a cool, I used to do them for like Valentine's pop rock cocktails. So anyway. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I I'm here for, I'm, I'm here for each category. I think they're, when I got introduced to cannabis beverages, I was drinking Lodo. So the first cannabis infused that, that let me actually take that back. The first cannabis infused beverage I had ever had was in 2016 in Oregon. And it was with a legal beverage, which is that's what the brand was called. It was here in the space a couple of years ago, but I think they went out of business or they just dissolved that entity. It was under Manzanita Natural, the quickies shots. Okay. Yeah. And, um those drinks I had, my roommate used to come home with cases of them because they were producing them at uh they were producing them at Select. And they were 300 milligram beverages. I mean, oh, they were, there were 300 milligram shots. They were 300 milligram actual drinks, like a Boston, uh, eight, I, I think it was 11 ounce stubby. And oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those things got you twisted, dude. They were, but they were <laughs> delicious. And then when, uh, I took a, a pretty big break from edibles for a couple years because I had some pretty like psychedelic experiences with them. And, um, when I came here to California, it was the year that hi-fi hops happened and it was the first hall of flowers. And I, that's where I had my second ever infused beverage. And that was based on 10 milligrams. And then I had a nectar, uh, which is the seltzer water that's now available in Maine, not available here in California anymore. I was on the low dose. I was on the low dose drinks cause I could drink multiple of them at a time and not get too faded. Cause I'm like, I can consume up to hundred milligrams in one sit in one day, but not in one sitting. I can probably handle like 40 megs in one sitting and then rest for, you know, three, four hours or smoke a joint or something in between and then consume more. So I think the mixed drink thing is really unique, but it's funny because it's interesting how California um, really leans in so heavy with low dose and how so many brands are leaning heavy in this state with low dose versus some other states, but regulation wise, you know, like between Minnesota or even Massachusetts and places like that, you're capped at five milligrams. But if you were to go to Oregon, you won't find one single 10 milligram product. They oh, don't wow. exist. Yeah, they don't exist. Um, they did. They did exist, but they, the market people, had its say with it, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the legacy, the market is too legacy for that to where the brands that did have those products just completely dissolved them because they were just burning money for them. So yeah, I, I'm here for it. And I, I just think it's it's interesting going into these new markets now and, and kind of seeing how that trend like continues to happen and and it's happening in multiple states, you know. And that's where I'm a huge fan of e-com too in general, because a lot of the times I think for the lower dose consumer, I'm a believer that there's certain pockets for it. There's certain demographic, certain retail spots that are good. But I think a lot of the consumers aren't hitting the shops like, you know, the legacy consumers. I think there's a huge, once things open up for that online sale, I think it's going to be big for beverages as a whole, especially kind of the micro dosing options. Cause like somebody who might be trying weed for the first time or wants to try a weed drink might even be scared to like go into a dispensary where if they could order it online, they would try it or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we had a D to C personally for us and it was a complete, it was a complete flop, but um that's because our consumers specifically are going into the stores. I think where I think where a lot of low dose beverage brands, this is my personal take on it. I think where a lot of low dose beverage brands fail is that they don't understand where their consumers live. Like Can has done a really great job with that, um, targeting the LA markets and also like the San Fran markets and targeting where those low dose consumers live. But like they know very well to steer clear from a market like Sacramento where it's only legacy consumers. You know what I mean? Like they've been in that market before and got pushed out of that market. And then they tried to enter that market again and they got pushed back out of that market and then redefine their focus. I'm sure they're in a couple stores there still, but they've really redefined their focus and weighed heavy on, uh, on that. And then also too, as well, like you said, like a lot of those consumers probably, in the other areas, they're too scared to go in. So maybe e-commerce will thrive. But I just think personally, it's still, you know, it's going to be, it's a super long play with beverage. It's super long play with Lodos. Like I've been saying this for three years and it's still continuing to track like anything that's sub 10 milligrams, like it's going to be a 15 year play and you need to make sure that you have enough money or you're running so lean that you're inve- continuing to invest in that image and piggybacking on cans marketing because they're paying the the way for that future right now. And if there wasn't that option, like it would be, you know, it would be very tough to continue to to survive in, in this space because that consumer simply just does not live here yet. Like it's very small percentage of those new low dose consumers that are like coming into the stores because that's just not, you know, it's just not what people have ever thought about. You know what I mean? Microdosing is a microdosing as a whole and that term is so new within the last five years that it's going to take a couple of years for that to become a mainstream term, you know? Totally, totally. And that's where I love to see like the lounge helps push that forward a lot for the yeah. microdosing components. And to your point, you know, a lot, a lot a of the microdosing. Mary, in Mary Jones, I've seen you guys have a really big presence there. I mean, thank not Mary you. Jones, uh, uh, Mary Jane. Thank you. Oakland. Thank you. Yeah, we got, they, they do a great job with their cocktail mixes there and everything. And to like that point, though, is like you see, even we even came out with our multi-serve bottles that are now 100 milligrams for our wonder and play skews. But you see, um, I saw a can just came out with, I think, Thunder and Lightning, like their little energy higher dose shots. 
Um, I know that Pamos came out with a couple hundred milligram uh, little flax style, like Long Islands. So I think a lot of the, you know, the low dose players are seeing, hey, we, we want to still play in this game. We got to bring high dose. Let's still focus on the low dose. But in order to kind of play the game, we got to bring the high dose in too for the people. It's kind of the vibe I'm getting. But um, yeah, when we first launched Uncle Arnie's, I can't tell you, I can't even count on two hands how many people laughed at our idea. And thought that what we were doing is a fucking joke and nobody would ever want to drink more than 100 milligrams. And here we are. And everybody was betting on low dose beverage. And now you're seeing a lot of those beverage brands pivot to 100 milligrams so they can have, you know, revenue drivers, right? And capture on what has been existing in the space for three years. So I think it's great for those brands personally, because I'm here to, I think that there's going to be level tiers with everything. And like, I've seen your guys's new hundred milligram beverage and I had your guys's stuff already pre beforehand. It tasted really good. So I was excited. I'm excited to see always new innovations entering into the space because there needs to be different level tiers, right? In the long term, right now, what is really winning and what's going to be the thing to convert people to those higher tiers is the low barrier to entry in simple products like our lineup is made up of very simple beverages. Like the apple juice beverage is something that somebody has been drinking for over 15 years. You know, like people have been drinking apple juice their entire life. It's a classic baby juice that people get given. It right? tastes good, bro. I enjoyed it, man. Yeah. And I'm biased, like, though. I love apple juice. <laughs> and uh, same. I love apple juice. I'm the person that picked that flavor for us. But the idea behind it and the purpose of that was nobody wants to buy this fucking blueberry hibiscus mix of a drink. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm trying to name random flavors so nobody gets butthurt, but not a lot of people want to try those insane flavor mixtures right from the get-go when beverages for the last 10 years, when people have been operating in the space, have tasted like garbage and they have been super ineffective so now consumers are like starting to kind of kind of finally start to to breach into beverage with simpler flavors and i think that's what's getting a lot of people converted to it like keith did that's why you're seeing everybody do the lemonades because it also bites that that taste that's behind there but simple beverages make people convert over to that and then through that people will start to purchase at higher tiers because they can now feel and trust that beverages are a safe option for them to be able to consume and more so than that they're effective and they work and they taste great right because bds bdsa analytics bds analytics put something out like seven months ago on an edible uh on an edible breakdown and 70 percent of the nation the all the states that they have 70 percent of all ed edible consumers purchase the first thing that they that they think about when they purchase is flavor and then second is the price point. And then third is the brand. And that's how consumers purchase their edibles, right? So you have to think that that could play, that will play into people also gearing into higher base things. If you have a good, simple flavor, people enjoy it. It tastes really great and it's super effective and it's low cost. And then it has a really solid brand behind it. it starts to build that confidence for the consumer to start purchasing higher, higher price products. Yeah. And 
that, that's so well said. And I like, but going back to the layering aspect, I'm such a believer in just having a bar of drinks. Like I had this Arnie's, I got a couple, um, seltzers in my refrigerator. I bought another, um, I got gifted one, but I bought another one cause I actually really enjoyed it was the, um, heavy hitters, that black bottle that they call a tincture or whatever. It's like a thousand milligrams, the Acapulco gold. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy that one. It's pretty solid. I think they're a space station Two brand, right? Heavy hitters. Space are station. You, are owns, you... Space station owns heavy hitters. Okay. Now. That's are you, so are you guys producing space station? We are the birth. We are the, a, the birth brand of space station. Yeah. Oh, you are. Okay, cool. Before, cool. Yeah. There was, um, there was, uh, acquisitions and transitions that happened um not last may but the may before that and my partners and all of us we bought uncle arnie's space station was focused on growing co uh their co-packing business and uh you know when in business you have to make a decision on what matters more for and what's going to be the the money maker for the business so we needed to just align on where we were going with each two with both of these entities and um space station got acquired by heavy hitters and we acquired the brand for ourselves and continued to push and push the brand to grow it to where it's at and uh space station continued to grow their co-packing and now they're they're doing great and it's own so space station we've been co-packing with them we co-pack with space station also grow packer so we have two and um yeah, we do it at both, but we were that you know that was the 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 house brand of Space Station before Space Station was Heavy Hitters, and now Heavy Hitters has all their beverages too. Okay, okay, and and are they multi-state as well? So you can in any state you're at, they have a facility or like, forgive me, I'm not too familiar with the multi-state stuff. Like, because you can, there's no you can't do uh, interstate commerce, right? You have to have it produced in the state where it's being sold. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. every. I mean, every state is a new country. You can think of it like that. Yeah, so that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, so yeah, it's the same. Regulations are different. You have to, you have to identify. I mean, my chief strategy officer would be able to explain this better, Jimmy, but you know, you have to go in and identify co-packing and then you have to identify the distribution and then you got to identify the sales. And then from there, you can actually start to do uh, what you need to do to build and grow. But it's a bitch and not a lot of people are there. The country isn't there yet with drinks. So in Oregon right now, we only launched our two ounce shots because there's not a co-packer that we've been able to identify for our eight ounces. And I think heavy hitters is just only in the one state right now. I can't speak on their business, but I know for manufacturing, they're definitely not. We that's, you know, we just have them in, in their Northern California location. And then we utilize grow packer too, as well. And we have a beautiful partnership with them both. So we're super happy. Very cool, man. Yeah, it's awesome to see what you guys are doing, bro. I know. Um, and where are you at, man? You're not in LA, right? You're are you up north? Nah, nah, no. I'm uh I live in San Francisco right now. Okay, word, word. Um, yeah, well, yeah. we're well, in LA, man. I'll put together a little care pack for you, some co-on stuff, bro. And then uh maybe we could meet up at a lounge, man, have a couple drinks and see what's good. Yeah, for sure. I'm down. Awesome, bro. Awesome, man. Thanks again for coming on, bro. It's like so awesome to see somebody like you, you know, who's created such an awesome company, awesome brand, really pushing the market forward and, you know, really just the whole beverage category, bro. And I can't wait to try your other flavors, man. And anybody listening, watch and get out, try a little uncle Arnie's man, be that, be that uncle in, in your fam and in, in your yeah. friend group, you know, the teamwork makes the dream work, man. So it's not, it's not me. It's uh, you know, I I'm like 5% of the power that goes behind all of this, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
Alberto putting in all the work and the time and operations. It's Theo going out there and having the amazing conversations to keep the business funded and having a great face and brand representation for us as a brand and Jimmy expanding the States and Asaf and I trying to continue to focus on our revenue growth and Gabby and DJ do a great job. And so do Ed and Christine and Alexis and our team, you know, it, it takes a, it takes an army to make this thing float, dude. I'm, I'm like only a portion of what it is. So I drive, I, I, I like to say I drive excitement. I'm the most excited about the, our brand, but, uh, you know, we have a really awesome team behind us and we're super happy. And also it makes amazing partners too. You know, it's everything along with that. It's Space Station, it's Grow Packer, it's Herbal and the Herbal sales team and everything and all the power that they put in Mikey and Mike and Corey and Andrew and all those guys really hustling for us and making sure that we have a good partnership. It's Nimble Distro up in Oregon, making sure that they're selling our stuff and Rose City Confections producing it. And then, you know, the new partners that we're launching with in Michigan, you know, it's it's everything that makes the dream work. So, you know, we're excited to just be here and selling beverages and pushing our mission, man. So that's always been the goal. We try to not be in the noise of other people and we're here to support the the space and support the other brands that are here. But, you know, I think the wild co-founder says it best. We just try to live rent-free in people's heads. Like we just try to I love we that. live rent free in people's heads and we're just laying low in the background, just trying to build and do and do work. And hopefully this crowdfund can continue to allow that. You know, we're just trying to raise money right now to so we can expand to new states and continue to build inventory. That's really, you know, all that we need this money for so we can just continue to expand. So. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. And I feel like I already know a couple of your team members from the dope illustrations I see on LinkedIn and your LinkedIn games on point, bro. You've inspired me to get on there more because I don't really post much. I'm more on like YouTube and stuff. So yeah. you're I love your post, bro. You've inspired me from the beverages to your post, man. And um, I look forward to catching up in person sometimes, brother. For sure, dude. I appreciate you, Jack. Thanks for having me on, man. It's always a good time talking beverages, dude. I love it. Always, man. I, I could geek out on it all day. Thank you, brother. And uh, we'll talk soon, man. No problem, man. All right, peace, man.